Hello, I'm Sam, and you're listening to the Stagey Place podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Sophie Layden, writer and director of Rapture, which is being performed at the Vaults Festival in March. Sophie is a really good friend of mine. She's so hilarious and so fun and such an interesting theatre maker as well. So it was great to sit down with her at the Vaults and have a chat about her exciting play, Rapture. Hello, Sophie. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. I think we need to tell our listeners who are listening right now for because we might be echoing that there are going to be sounds kind of like touching it's very asmr we've gone immersive we have it's the thing of the moment in theater yeah uh, it's beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> we're recording in the vaults we're upstairs hiding yeah. in a corner we're in a corner mm-hmm. both me and sophie have found a little a little snug it's very um snug. we've got our water i've got my coffee as always and we're just we're just gonna be here and let the night take us putting the world to rights mate yeah Let's absolutely go. so that's kind of like the setting for you listeners I hope you've got that image in your head. The reason why we are here is that we're talking about your show at Vaults yes, this year. So what is the show? What's it called? It's called Rapture. Rapture. What is the definition of rapture? What is the definition of yeah, what does it mean? So the first is sort of a feeling of uh, extreme sexual ecstasy or mm. like kind of euphoria. Uh, another is the feeling of being spirited away to heaven. Another is a state of spiritual transcendence so yeah. a feeling of being transported to another sphere and mm-hmm. um, so it kind of has all of those different meanings to it for me the name came from the way the city looks when there's an incredibly dark day and suddenly a shaft of light comes through mm. that was kind of the original image that i love that the image name. it's kind of like i think about that like you know when there's loads of clouds and there's just kind of like a little gap yeah. And you just see kind of like sunbeams kind of like just coming through. Exactly. And that's kind of a big tone in the show is yeah. how do we find the light through struggle and difficult circumstances. How do you break through? Exactly. Break through? I love that. So Rapture, so what is what is the show about? The show is about... Give us a brief synopsis. I absolutely will, darling. <laughs> Rapture follows three friends living in a flat in contemporary East London. So we start with Rosie and Kit, who are partner and girlfriend, who've been together for getting on four years when the mm-hmm. show begins, and their best friend Tommy, who is a bar manager. And it sort of follows their adventures as a trio across and outside of London. And the main kind of narrative drive is the aftermath of a difficult event and how all of their interconnected relationships have to completely stretch and re-evolve in the wake of that. So finding healing and community in difficult times. Mm, yeah, but it's beautiful. very camp, very chaotic, not too heavy, full of one-liners. So mm, it's a fun it? evening, yeah. I what's reckon it'll best, be a fun... What's the best one-liner? <laughs> In my phone is Pancake Day Dick. <laughs> you need the context. You need the context, but... Yeah, but, but that was my mum's first line. I redrafted the whole play, and yeah. my mum said, you just have to keep Pancake Day Dick in there. Yeah. And I was like, well, who am I to say no? Well, mm-hmm. absolutely. So yeah. you are writer and director. I am indeed. What's the process of that, kind of like writing and directing your own work? Well, it's the first time that I've done it. I should say that the show was on the first time for three weeks last summer at mm. the Pleasance. And it's kind of been a case of knowing when to step out of the writer hat and into the director hat. I think the first time I was far too close to it, when we began rehearsals, the actors will tell you that it was to the extent that the end of the play wasn't even written by the time we began, just because I was such a novice. And I 
was adding things and adapting the story in the room, which can be a really fun way to work. But it kind of meant that my directing hat had to get a little bit sidelined the first like week and a half of rehearsal, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So this time around, the play is redrafted. It's a completely kind of altered length because we've gone from having our own run of Pleasance to the festival format. And that is quite a nice space for me in, for me to be in, because it feels as though I can go into the rehearsal process just with the director hat mm. in mind, which will be a lot easier to kind of navigate mentally, Manage. I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So we're in the network, which is... Oh, okay. It's over the road underneath the station. So you yeah, kind yeah. of have to go through the real actual kind of loading tunnels past underwater. Exactly, past yeah. several rats. Past a puddle. The reason why I'm really happy that we're in the network is because it's a huge self-equipped theatre space that mm. kind of runs independently of Vault Festival throughout the year, which just means that it has a really comprehensive rig, really comprehensive setup for sound and everything like that. So it kind of feels a lot more spacious than some of the spaces in Leak Street, which is brilliant. And I think will work for the kind of ambition and scope of the show. In terms of atmosphere, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have our gorgeous set re-strung up everywhere, which is kind of peach-coloured latex and oh silver chains. And yeah, it's kind of a kinky, industrial-inspired set. So nice. hopefully it's going to give them a lot to look at as they're yeah, waiting for it yeah. to begin. Yeah, and it's end on. It's end on, I which know. Which is interesting. Well, it's very different from when you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in Thrust. Staging. Yeah, and the stage is about three times the size as well. So that's going to be a bit of a new challenge to navigate. How do we fill a space when the get-in time, because it's a festival, is 10 minutes long? And, you know, our set was made and designed to fit a much smaller space mm. because we don't necessarily have the budget to remake a whole new set. What are those challenges like? Are they kind mm. of exciting? Are they overwhelming? Are they a burden? How long do you spend thinking about them? I think for me, it's kind of a mental game with myself and the production team of we need to just wrap our heads around the fact that this is kind of in some ways downsizing from what we were doing at the Pleasance because we don't have the run of the space, because we can't come in two hours early and rig everything up. So I think you've just got to enter wholeheartedly into the festival mindset. You've got to spring this stuff up in eight minutes flat and get your audience in. And maybe it's not going to look as polished or as kind of integrated with the space, the theatre itself, as it would be if you were running the whole show. That's the spirit of the festival. And I think it's fun. I think it's like exciting to yeah. have to kind of change the shape of it and change the staging. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a real challenge, I think, for the actors. There's three of them and they're going to have to fill the space of 80 people sat in raped seating going all the way to the back wall because quite a lot of the show is kind of fun audience interaction and little quips here and there mm. so they're going to have to really work I think to throw that out to the patrons in you know especially the 12th if row. it's end on as well well exactly because end on thing. is kind of like very safe for the audience yeah. because they're kind of like this is this half of the room is audience that you're half over the stage. there exactly where thrust you've got that natural kind of like invitation exactly well so that's a challenge it is it? a challenge it is the fourth wall listen we do not stand the fourth wall you best believe they'll still be running up and down that aisle they'll oh. be chatting to people in the front rows you know okay they're gonna do their best and kind of in the same way in the pleasance we had moments where because there's a lot of multi-rolling a character will go off as as one person up into the audience and then they sit there while a different stage happens and then they come back down as someone else so we'll still be doing that but just rather than the corners of the room it will be straight up that central aisle to Love kind it. of somewhere in the middle so we're still going to play with it as much as we can yeah and my poor lighting design i'm going to be saying light the audience no not that much no a bit more you yeah, know yeah, yeah, so yeah. i think it will still kind of have that spontaneous running around the whole space element to it because there's a couple of good walk-arounds as well but it will definitely be a different feel to thrust that sounds really exciting so earlier you mentioned latex 
Yes. Beach, beach latex. Beach latex. James. It sounds. It's that you said kinky. Yes. It I is. really like the sound of that. But it's like being <laughs> at home. You. <laughs> yeah, enough about my breakfast time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did I mention it's a queer play? Yeah, did you? Yeah. It feels. It feels slightly heteronormative. No. No. Yeah. So it's. It feels really queer. It feels really cab. You said yes, cab sure. earlier. Mm-hmm. So what is that kind of like? Really kind of like the inherent kind of like tone of the piece. What do you want to say? about queerness in mm. kind of like contemporary world now mm. and like queerness within theatre mm. what, what, what are you saying well I suppose our starting point as a company was that we are all queer artists coming from slightly different performance disciplines and we also are kind of drawn from lots of different parts of the acronym so that's really nice because it means we're all coming together and sharing lived experience to make mm. one thing all together so Rapture kind of presents this snapshot of life for young queer people in their mid to late 20s living and working in London's gig economy one of the key questions is how can we create and sustain a creative practice for instance when we're working two shifts a week and hopping all around London mm. so I suppose it's heavily influenced by kind of the beats and the rhythms of how myself and the kind of artists that we made the show with experience their life in contemporary London so it has that kind of real rush to it and it also has that sense of lots of busy intersections happening in time and space we might be up in Hackney Wick one moment then we've gone on a day trip out to Brighton and it's kind of that real location centric feeling of life which I think is something that's very kind of city specific lived experience I like it in terms of how does Rapture reflect contemporary queer experience I would say that some of the feedback we got from the last time around was people who kind of were not necessarily in that kind of young, younger section of the LGBTQIA plus community saying, wow, this has kind of given me a real sense of what it's like to be growing up queer now. I think our experience is, you know, in some ways, legions apart from that of somebody who would be growing up, even with the exact same identity markers to us, say, 30 years ago. Mm. So I think that, for me, it was really important to try and foreground the fluidity of things like even sexual identity markers, but especially gender. The show kind of centres non-binary gender questioning identities, which is something that isn't very often at the forefront of British stage and screen productions, increasingly more so, which is great. But also the play doesn't make an issue of that necessarily. It kind of is important when it's important for the story, but it's taken as read. We're not looking to hold the hand of an audience member who doesn't know people with these identities through their lives or their stories, but we are looking to examine how they intersect and how they affect these characters' actions and reactions when, you know, events are happening in their interpersonal lives. So it's kind of looking at how far identity politics can stretch in providing a meaningful ethics of care and where and why does that fail us? So what are the limits of kind of purely identity-based understandings of community, I think? Mm. Asking what happens when quote-unquote safe spaces turn out to not be as safe as we thought they were, Mm. um, which I think is something that is sometimes sidelined in contemporary discourse, particularly in the queer community. You know, I think there's a real feeling of risk and abandon sometimes that ignores the fact that actually these spaces that can be so euphoric and enlightening for us and our identities and our friends and our relationships and our love and sex lives can also put us at risk. And what do we do when that happens? So that's kind of the root of the story for me. Mm, It's so true as well, because queer spaces 
have always been really important. Yeah. But I think they were, it's hard. Like, I don't know what queer spaces were like, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Because um, funny enough, I wasn't in them 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> um, but it's quite interesting because I think now they're kind of under pressure from, one, obviously queer spaces are closing because yeah. money issues, yeah. kind of like everything like post that. Post-COVID. Yeah, post-COVID, less funding. Mm-hmm. But also I think queer spaces are, it's fantastic that there's kind of like um, a merging of communities and identities, yeah. which is fabulous. Yeah. That's what um, contemporary life should be. It shouldn't yeah, be yeah. exclusive. No. However, I think sometimes there is an element of kind of like, obviously appropriation of certain cultures and yeah. communities. And it's, it's difficult sometimes to see people that don't quite understand your community Trying using your, your space, yeah, using yeah, your 100%. queer space. Mm. And so I think it's also under pressure from that as well. Kind yeah, of like, definitely. Maybe that's kind of a good thing in that it's kind of its identity is evolving and yeah. maybe that's just part of it. And so it's kind of like the change is slightly kind of like inducing some sort of mm. unknown anxiety or whatever. Mm. Or it is kind of like we are losing something that is important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's kind of part of that natural paradox where when ways of life and identities that have been marginalised for so long become increasingly seen in the media, both in kind of news media, but also in mainstream TV shows or mainstream film or even mainstream theatre of a large scale, that identity is then being kind of dragged into the spotlight in a way that it maybe hasn't been before and the culture and community that goes with that. And so that then gives you an increased public interest in and a kind of eagerness to divulge in and partake in Mm. said culture. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of, again, representation politics. Is it best to just have all these characters or is it best that it's done meaningfully with care by people who've got the lived experience? And obviously I think the latter is preferable. Mm. Another thing with Rapture is that it explores kind of the place of kinky practices and BDSM and polyamory as they interrelate and as they kind of interact with queerness as an identity Mm. specifically for these characters who are living and working in London today and I think the past couple of months especially there's been a real escalation from hostile councils closing down these kind of kinky positive parties that are run and so not only are physical queer spaces diminishing and vanishing also events that necessarily move around because they don't have that physical home are having crackdowns imposed upon them Mm. and it's not to say that you know the sex party scene or the kinky scene in london is entirely queer but there is a large amount of crossover so that's kind of an interesting paradigm as well where not everybody in those spaces is from the queer community but at the same time it's important for the community to stand up and say no actually we really value these and it's important that they don't get closed down you know even if we're partying alongside cishet people for instance Mm. so again it's that question of are we able to stretch outside these kind of markers and you know identity characteristics that can be really helpful and fantastic in expressing how we feel our lived experience and can help the external world to understand us but also where do they actually stop us from forming community from providing love from having relationships and standing in solidarity with people you know Mm. so that's something that's at play in rapture as well that's brilliant i love that yeah i love it it sounds brilliant <laughs> what is it like bringing something mm. like rapture to vaults like yeah. so you're here for two days on the 18th and 19th of march exactly what is it like kind of like doing a three-week run learning from that adapting your own work as a director and writer yeah. 
for a two night run in a space which is very different yeah. where the set is different you're just having to struggle so much more stuff mm. or so much more different stuff yeah. now yeah what what is that process like I suppose on the one hand, there are kind of the positive aspects of having done the show already, which is that we have some kind of inbuilt audience and some support. We also have a large amount of returning team members, which is always a lovely vote of confidence. And that kind of brings with it a lot of sound and lighting stuff from Ros Chase and Ellie Esherwood, who are both fantastic, that's kind of ready to go in some ways. In terms of the adaptation question, it's hard. You know, you're going from, you've got three weeks in a space, you've rigged your set during your you know two day long getting plus a, another day of tech and then you're kind of ready to rock and roll as it were whereas with vault there's an element of shrinking down i suppose the way i've chosen to look at it is before we did the maximalist version of rapture uh-huh. it was pretty long i mean you saw the show we had a 55 minute first act 20 minute interval and then a 35 minute second act yep. this time we're going 65 minutes straight through <coughs> so i think that's been really beneficial for me as a writer just having to have that really difficult conversation with myself what if this is essential and yeah. advances the action yeah, yeah, yeah. and what is there for decoration or to kind of try and cajole the audience to be more on the character side or to think that I'm more funny or more interesting or to think that the show's more political, you know. So it's tough. tough. Cutting down all of those bits is really tough. And I think especially with a show like Rapture, when push comes to shove, a lot of the stuff that kind of has to go because you can't justify keeping it is kind of the campy, fun, performative elements. So, you know, last time at the beginning we had Brian with a microphone doing Raving I'm Raving to the tune of Walking in Memphis by Cher and kind of had real longer audience interaction bits. This time it's going to be a lot more story, action story, action character, which I think is the kind of more purist approach to playwriting. I remember when I first was writing, I was reading all of these bits of advice from kind of, you know, the who's who of British playwrights over the past, whatever, 50 years. And something that comes up again and again and again is you must be economical. You can't have anything that doesn't justify its place there. Every line has to change something in the actors, has to advance the story or mark this shift. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck that, you know. What an absolute drag and how boring, you know, and how unfun. Like, where is the fun? But this time, when you've got 65 minutes, you really begin to see the benefits of kind of prioritising that real core dramatic action. So that's been tough. I mean, mate, when I tell you I cut that play down from 68 pages to 41 and it nearly killed me yeah. because it's like my baby and I was having it to get rid hard. of all these, you know, yeah. fun lines that I can hear the actors saying so clearly in their kind of different accents over those three weeks. But I've done the morning process. I'm really happy with the new draft and I'm excited to get stuck into it. We're starting mm. rehearsals on Friday. Mm. So. It is hard. Like, I remember I took a show to Edinburgh, yeah. which was about an hour and a half yeah. before had a run there Mm. and then we had to take it down to an hour yeah but when the first show which was an hour and a half someone watched it and said it can be half an hour shorter and when they said that i was just like no it can't where where would you make the cut yeah and then i had to and i was just like yeah no you're so right you're so right because also like yes you know what's missing yeah but like an audience will watch it and they won't know what's missing but also they'll probably most likely have a better time 100%. because you can t- tell your story like this and yeah. like I'm saying the right words. Yeah, yeah, words. here's another Or you can monologue. say the story like this and you're saying the right words. Yeah, 100%, like, 100%. Like, no, like in this day and age, 
Attention spans are short. Attention spans are so short. Snack theatre. That's what I call it. Snack theatre. I've got my own glossary of words for theatre. Croissant plays, dusty plays, and snack theatre. What's a croissant play? I'll tell you later. Okay, you tell me later. But snack plays, people want. People want it like that. They want in and, and out. It's, it's surprising when some, like, if I watch an hour show and there's an interval, I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like, really? And then I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I've got plans. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I it's so go. funny because even with Rapture, we didn't, our intention was not for it to be, we're going to do a 90-minute play and whack an interval in two-thirds of the way. Mm. It was that, as I said, I was still writing the fucking thing as we started rehearsing. And, you know, we developed all these ideas together with the actors and stuff. And then we only got a read on how long it was I think probably dress run, maybe yeah, a bit before, yeah. followed by a very loaded conversation with the venue's technical manager. You yeah. know, we was we were saying, oh, we'll try and make cuts, but please, can we can we have an interval and please, you know? And in the end, we struck a nice compromise. But when I was revising, because obviously I've got my eyes wide open, I applied to vault. I knew that it would probably have to be sixty-five minutes absolute mm, max, mm. and I also knew that we did not have the budget or the time to do a week's run. Mm. So I sent in that application with the intention of, we're gonna do a two night stand, we wanna sell the thing out and it's gonna be trimmed down and it's gonna be rapid. So it's not to say that we've kind of had to squeeze it into this box, because actually it was a box that we sort out and that we really want to do. But that being said, sitting down to try and cut, Honestly, I had thought in my head before I started the process, oh yeah, there's a load that can go and there's, you know, I really thought I had it in my mind. And I sat down and made all those cuts that I had ready to go. And I was like, oh my God, I've literally got rid of five pages mm. and I need to get rid of 18 more. Mm. But we got there, I'm really excited. The new draft is looking, you know, I'm ready to get stuck in. Yeah. We've got one actor returning, Brian Moriarty, who Thank played you. Tommy. And yeah. then we have two new actors. One of whom has seen the show, Pete oh. McHale, who came came the first time around, and one of whom hasn't, which is so fun because that it's those three different yeah, experience yeah, yeah. levels. Brian's done it, but his character's changed, his lines have changed. Pete has seen it, but he's stepping into the character for the first time. And poor old Lynn's only bloody read the script. So, you mm. know, she's kind of got it all in front of her, which I think will be so good yeah. in remaking the show, reimagining it. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 18th and 19th of March. 18th and 19th of March, baby. Rapture at the Network Theatre at the Vaults Festival. 4.15, girls. 4.15. Mm-hmm. So then everyone can go in the bar afterwards exactly. and be inspired. So we'll meet you at Leak Street. By your peach latex. And, 100%. And go, go away and wear it. Yeah. I have one question left for you. Please. And it's inspired by the title. Stage Place. You've, you've already answered this. Yes. Because you, you are Stage Place alumni. I know. You've been on it for what? Done um, it already, honey. But this time, I don't know what your previous answer was. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have listened to it. I've I might mentioned have you that in my previous answer. I know, I know. You did show because me it. I did listen to Sam that Sam did bit. some dramaturgy on this your, play. Your last answer was Omnibus Theatre. It was the Omnibus Theatre. No, I do know. I do I know. know. And I now like, now they're happy. out. They're out. Come on. Yeah, no. Yeah, that can't be a second. No, I mean, it can if you really want. If you're really serious, if you meant it, then it will be your answer the second time. Listen, times change, people change. No yeah, jokes, I still right. love the Omnibus. I yeah, I love the Omnibus as well. Thank God, because I work there. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, what is your stagey place? Yeah. So it's literally like anywhere that you feel most stagey, yeah. where you're most inspired, yeah. where you feel most theatrical, yeah. where you feel most camp, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What is your stagey place? Do you know what, right now, and this is going to be a real writer, not a director answer, for the past kind of six months since the show was last on, my stagey place is my desk at home in my flat in Hoxton, near the canal, 
I've got the whole setup there and it's just where I can get in that pure zone of focus and concentration um, because so much of theatre making is so collaborative and communal and in the space and I love that I live and die for it mm. but sometimes you need to kind of make that time for yourself especially if you're writing something to just enter into the mind palace as it were and be able to see the product or the play or the piece for what it is so for me recently my stagey place has been sitting on my desk chair got some incense burning i've got about seven cups of coffee and i've got 17 disposable vapes and i'm ready to get into the stagey mindset do you need help <laughs> yes i really do i really really yeah, do yeah then you go to see your therapist this is a cry for help yeah i'm seeing her tomorrow <laughs> Elena. Yeah. love that queen <laughs> brilliant Thank you so much Thank for chatting you, to me, Sophie. Mate, it's been pleasure. lovely it having so you on fun. the stage place Just again. Just a bit chaotic. Yeah, it was a little bit chaotic. But Half of this is going to be cut out. <laughs> <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> Absolutely, which part? That will be that will be the kind of spin-off of the stage yeah, place. Yeah. The outtakes. Okay. Yeah, the outtakes. That's after dark. We stage should do <laughs> The latex edition. <laughs> Exciting. I'll just tell everyone again, yes, just so please. they don't forget. 18th and 19th of March at the Vaults Festival in the Network Theatre. Show is called Rapture by Sophie Layden. And it's on at 4.15pm. 4.15pm. I'll see you there, Sophie. I'll see you there, darling. Thank you. Not if I see you <laughs> first. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. You, thank you so much to Sophie for joining me in a dark corner at the Vaults just before I open for the evening. Do give Sophie a follow on all the social medias, as well as the exciting work she does with her own theatre company, Pink Sky Theatre. Thank you so much for listening as well. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll catch you next time on the Stage of Place podcast, when I will be talking to the writer of an incredible new play transferred from the Ed Fringe now to the Soho Theatre. And that's the only clue you're getting. So until then, have a great day and I'll see you very soon.